right at the tail end of the show because we didn't talk about it Boxes? and we're in a, a minor ranting. The boxes are awful, but <laughs> so bad. Oh, they're so bad. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Bear with me, but I think November Community Day is going to be sweet. Pumpkaboo Part 2, Behacted and Bowed. A map refresh is just what we need to see where this game is going. Duskull gets some love in this year's Dia de Muertos event. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 212. It's October 20th, yet another Thursday evening. I get to say that because it's two in a row. Wowza, geez. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? I'm alive. You sure are. You're even vertical, as some people like to say. You could be podcasting laying down, but you're choosing not to today. <laughs> that would be awful. I don't have the kind of setup for that. No, also, I feel like you would probably just be fighting energy levels the entire time laying down and, and recording a show. Be I'd hard. fall asleep. I'd fall It'd be asleep. difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, before we get started here, a shout out to a new patron of ours from this week. Shout out to Mythical Hitch. Thank you so, so much. It was great to meet you in person in Seattle, the two of us. It was great to meet you. Um, and thank you so much for your patronage. Looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better in the Discord as well. I already saw you hopped in, so Yahoo. Okay, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week. Mm-hmm. And they were okay. They were pretty decent goals, I, I thought, you know, looking at these. Personally, I know that I fell rather short of the mark, despite <laughs> some uh, rather grand effort. Uh, but that's all right. <laughs> so, Mr. Kyle, you and I had a couple of goals in common, uh, but let's go through yours first. Two mm-hmm. experience. Did you, did you manage? I did manage. Awesome. Did you catch more lull and then also evolve into a shy nautic? I did. Excellent. What about 500 Litwick XL candy? I did. I think I walked away with like 850. Oh, and I still haven't transferred any of them yet. Oh, you need to do that, man. Yeah, I know. I've got like a thousand sitting in my inventory. Yep. Oh, I bet you do. Yep. That said, level three megas is a lot of Excel on community day. <laughs> yeah, really. It really, really is. And this, I feel like is the one where we were finally able to be like, Oh yeah, max, max mega level. Look at this, like roll in and for your normal play, almost 800 is insane. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Max hundo Litwick. I did. I did. And gonna spoil for Chris for later, but we also both caught a hundo Litwick on community day we did that, that one's not maxed yet but it will be oh that's just, the one that just, i have just maxed because it's the only one i have that's on <laughs> uh, and then 20 shiny litwick i did i'm let me double check how many i got hang on i thought 32. it was like 30 something it's 32 was it 32 yep. oh my gosh 
Nope, it was 30, apparently. Oh, 30. I traded one. I traded one to Alex. So I I'm pretty sure you had 32 at some point in time because uh, I was I looked at my number. My number is uh, 30. And I thought you said you had uh, I was like, oh, you got two more than I did. Oh, man. Okay. Well, at the very least, I had 31 because I know where one went and it was OK. <laughs> Excellent. I only have 48 Litwick in my inventory right now. Wow. Look at me. I'm so wow. I'm so responsible. OK, uh, that's good. I think you that's that's a clean sweep. Mr. Kyle, you did five for five. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, for myself, Chameleon Experience, I, I did that. Catch Moral, I did that. Evolve Shinonic, I did. Shiny Chin Chow, you know, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> supposed to be an increased rate for the for the uh, Festival of Lights event. And I caught a bunch of them and I didn't see any. So I don't know how boosted it was or what the case was, but I can't really speak to it because I didn't see any. And Shiny Xerneas, unfortunately, also did not happen, despite doing, I think it was like 25, 30 raids, something like that. Jeez. Well, that's Since last time we recorded, I was really quite determined. But alas, they have turned over and is now Giratina. So, <laughs> And then 20 Shiny Litwick. I did do that. Uh, like I said, I caught 30. So that's one, two, three, four out of six for me. Bummer. Wow. Okay. Well... I don't, I don't know what to say for myself. Uh, I did try. Maybe I should pick not shinies as goals. It seems yeah, to be really the problem every time I try. <laughs> I mean, a shiny legendary is a worthy goal. Just gotta try I think harder. so, too. But the shiny chincha, I had a little bit more faith. No, than... that, was, that was ridiculous. Yeah. I could but... tell you from the start, I was like, nah, that ain't happening. But they were all so abundant. I thought, you know. That's how a, many I have to say. I'd say before we get into any more any news, I caught a shiny ghastly today. <laughs> nice. Holla. We love it. <laughs> That's it. It's the first ghastly I've caught that was actually full odds for shiny. So I thought that was pretty funny. It was awful. It's absolutely terrible. And that's okay. As as is tradition. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So why don't we hop into the news then without further ado? Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, so first and foremost, let's go over Litwick Community really quick about our experiences, all that good stuff. Kyle and I played with each other and a couple of friends. We played in a downtown area nearby me, and it was pretty cold, uh, but not cold enough yeah. that we weren't able to continue to be outside if we really wanted to. We took a short break and drove to a different location and then came back. Uh, but you know, from my perspective, I thought that it went it went really well. Kyle, what sort of things can you speak to? Spawn density, shining rate, everything. How did you feel it went? Man, I have so little memory of last Saturday already. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff has happened since then, like seven full days. Just about. Um, oh, wait, no, last sun, last Saturday? So yeah, it's, like it's been five days, but it yeah. feels like ten. But, I mean, I had a great time. I don't think I had any issues. Spawn's we're good no complaints there shiny weight shiny rate was great as chris and i can both attest oh yeah even i know some people who only played for like half hour 45 minutes they managed to get a couple of shinies so that's always great to hear and that's it was great no no complaints it's a it's a ghost type so how could i be upset right exactly it wasn't dust skull so i can't be upset yeah but how was poltergeist it's awful. I don't know. Yeah. I have it on one chandelier and that's it. 
Yep, it's on my hundo right now just because I haven't replaced it yet. So oh, that hurts. That look, I, you know, I, <laughs> when I actually start using it for stuff, I'll be like, what is this doing here? I really can't handle this being here anymore. And I'll get rid of it in some way or another. Keep it on some collector pieces, but not my hundo. Let me tell you. Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, what wasn't to love? It was Litwick. Uh, it's a fan favorite. Ghost types, good for everybody's medals. You know, three times catch experience. It was fantastic. Weather is, it's kind of like, you know, mid-season for all areas of the globe. So I'm sure it was hopefully doable for you in some regard, regardless of where you were. Um, and yeah, lots of candy, lots of fun, lots of experience, good stuff. But speaking of community days, our first actual piece of news this week is the November 2022 community day announcement where they're going to be featuring Teddy Ursa. Trainers, we're excited to announce that Teddy Ursa, the little bear Pokemon, will be featured during November Community Day. And hang on, is that a full moon during the day? Ursa Luna, the Pete Pokemon, not, not short for Peter, it's spelled P-E-A-T, uh, will make its Pokemon Go debut during this event. Evolve Ursarang, Teddy Ursa's evolution, during a special full moon to get an Ursa Luna of your own. Now, this does heavily imply that it's the moon that's in-game and not like a full moon wherever you are sort of thing. Uh, hopefully, we'll get this explained a little bit more as we read. So, when is this community day? We actually already knew this from a while ago. It's Saturday, November 12th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. local time. Featured attack is high horsepower. And that's if you evolve a Teddy Ursa into Ursa Luna, it will know high horsepower during the event window period, of course. In trainer battles, it will have 100 power, and in gyms and raids, it will have 110 power. It's a ground-type move. It's um, historically very strong in the main series games. Uh, I don't know enough to speak to it in PvP or PvE yet. I guess we'll find out. A full moon from Saturday, November 12th at 2 p.m. to Sunday, November 13th at 6 a.m. local time. A full moon will appear in the Pokemon Go skies. While the full moon is visible you'll be able to evolve your Ursarang into Ursaluna. Once the moon sets, you will only be able to evolve your Ursarang into Ursaluna again when the moon is full. So that doesn't really clarify it for me, Kyle. Let's kind of <laughs> dissect this really quick. There, I have one I have one foothold, and you know what it is. Mm. A full moon will appear in the Pokemon Go skies. Now, I don't know. See, it could go two ways. And again, they did not clarify it in, in very classic Niantic copywriting fashion, right? That this could this could be read as there will be a full moon visually in the sky during that time. Also, during that time, you can evolve your Ursarang, right, into Ursa Luna. But it could also mean that that's just going to be that one time. But any other time that there's a full moon, we should be able to evolve our Ursaring into Ursa Luna. Now, thankfully, you won't make a mistake because it won't let you if you can't. It's not like it's an evolution, right, where that could be a problem if you did it five minutes too early before it's nighttime for your Umbreon, right? But in this case, it really doesn't give us anything to hang our anything. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating, like the, the word choice, because it's so deliberate. I kind of wish they just kind of established something beforehand if it was going to be a thing yeah a moon showing up in the sky would be pretty awesome like that's just cool but is this just another way of saying you can only evolve it when we let you kind of thing it does feel like that yeah 
it seems very unlikely. Like, here's a new minor mechanic for one Pokemon. Now, all that being said, if it were the other way, which it could very well be, that we're going to see that visual indicator in-game for that time period, but after that, whenever it's a full moon, you could be able to evolve it. If it's that, that's actually really cool. <laughs> that's neat. You have to pay attention to that sort of stuff. Like the, the time of day evolutions are so neat, you know? And I feel like some of the special evolutions were sort of cheapened by uh, the sort of like funnel stone that we got, like in Sinnoh stone and Unova stone. But even more so, just because I don't like using them as much, the specialty lures that you have to be on in order to evolve other ones. Mm -hmm. Like this feels cool. This feels like a true integration into the world around you, much like the time of day ones do. If it's the way that, you know, or anytime there's a full moon. <laughs> yeah, I no. I agree. As long as it does work that way. We just have to wait and see. That's kind of that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I feel like we say that a lot these days. But quite honestly, as soon as we sort of took a very small departure from the way that these things are written, uh, we, we sort of lost our roadmap on how to navigate some of these things with the level of specificity and accuracy that we had before. But cool stuff. I mean, new stuff is always cool. So let's see. Community Day Special Research Story, a sweet snack. So I don't expect to see Re anywhere in this. For $1 US or the equivalent pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Teddy Ursa Community Exclusive Special Research Story, a Savit Snack. Bonuses for the event include three times Stardust for catching Pokemon, two times Candy for catching Pokemon, two times Chance for Trainers Level 31 and up to receive XL Candy from catching Pokemon, Lure Modules, and Incense. Activated during the event will last for three hours. Take a few snapshots during the community day for a surprise. It'll be Teddy Ursa. I'll bet my left foot on it. One additional special trade can be made for a maximum of two for the day. And trades made during the event will require 50% less Stardust. <laughs> Bonus raid battles after community day will also be there. Four star raids will appear between five and ten p.m. local time and if successfully battled will cause more teddy ursa to appear around the gym for 30 minutes in a 300 meter radius with community day boosted shiny rates this is not new now nah, this is what we've had for like what the past like six community days now yep uh Something like that five six april it was april no it was may the may was the first one yeah there you go so this would be six and then lastly stickers i got three things for you stops gifts in-game shot that's right of course <laughs> okay so mr kyle uh also caught a shiny mask while we were while i was uh <laughs> saying that and i looked up and was very upset while reading so may if you can pinpoint when that happened while i was reading that please send us an email mail it goes by anyway mr Kyle, congratulations on your shiny but also secondly talk to me about teddy ursa community day talk to me about ursa luna talk to me about how much you don't like that pokemon i have three words to be polite about this community day okay is i don't care wow how rude dude i i don't like ursa luna i a lot of people really liked it as a hisuian evolution i i don't like it plain and simple Teddy Ursa's okay I've already gotten a couple shinies and it doesn't have a lot of use so kind of just like 
cool. It's, it's three times Stardust, so I'll be using my Pokeball Plus for the duration of the day, and that's probably how I'm going to play most of the day. You're not going to get a bunch of XL candy and try to max out your Ursa rings? Uh, under no circumstances. Oh, okay. What if, here, stay with me. What if it's really good? Like, what I have, if there's a ground-type attacker, it's incredible, because it's got pretty decent stats, man. Well, I have two things to say to that. One, I already have six Garchomp with Earth Power. Two of them at level 50. I don't need to invest more Stardust. And two, it actually is going to be pretty all right, early looks are saying, with one major flaw. It doesn't have a ground fast move. Oh, it doesn't have like mud shot, mud slap, doesn't have anything? No, because it doesn't know it in Arceus. So if they follow through from Arceus, mm. it has a different move set than Ursa Ring does. Oh, here's another thing though, too, is that hasn't Shadow Teddy Ursa been out? Yep. So, so we could have Shadow Ursa Luna on this day. Mm-hmm. It would be pretty fascinating. And it can know Shadow Claw. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know if it will, but it can. So Shadow Claw, high horsepower, can be very good against anything that's weak to ground and ghost. For example, Mega Gengar. Yeah, like oh, that. that's a good that's a good point. But we already have so many other great counters for Gengar. <laughs> but well, that's just that's just an example. There's like yeah. uh Steel Psychic type, I suppose, would also be weak to both ground and ghost. So like oh, true. Solgaleo, if it goes into raids. A, a proper counter for Metagross is also not a bad thing. But like it's it's definitely niche and not enough to make me very interested personally. All right, so I looked up some stats. Are you ready? Let's go through base stats, and I'll tell you what the max CP is after that, okay? Base stats for Ursa Luna is uh, 277 stamina, rank 17 out of 983. Very good. Yep. 181 defense, rank 244 out of 983. It's not bad, but, you know, it doesn't shine. It's not, like, top of the charts in defense. But for attack... It's got 243 attack. It's 118 out of 983. Now, combining all of those stats, of course, attack is so much more heavily weighted in the uh, combat power equation. But that being said, at level 40, its max CP is 3854. And at level 50, it's 4358. That's yeah. pretty good. I'm really surprised. It's a ground normal type. I mean, it's what it's yeah. it's a it's a diggers beyond steroids. But like at the same time, like I'm, I'm excited. This is neat. Yeah. It's cool to see big numbers and strength on a featured community today, Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's easy to forget because it's it's Teddy Ursa, but Ursa Luna is a third evolution. It's a three tier evolution. It's right? got 550 total base stats in the main series game, and for comparison, pseudo legendaries all have 600. So it's got very it's a, high stats. It's a pseudo pseudo legendary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's quite good. You know, like Kyle is saying, uh, you know, out, outright, it doesn't seem that there's any big highlight on the Pokemon for any particular reason. But I have faith that high horsepower is going to make Ursa Luna, who has some pretty good stats, uh, decent. And I hope that they kind of break the rules and give it a, a ground fast move at some point in time. I'm hoping that we get to see Ursa Luna in like Scarlet and Violet, and then they might add more moves and then retroactively we might see them in, in go. That'd be neat. But that's it. That's Teddy Ursa community. Get out there, get your bears, get your bear on. All right. This next piece of news is 
Dia de Muertos 2022. Now, Kyle, forgive me. Last year, this event was not global, was it? It was. Yeah, it was not global. Okay, I could I could remember which year was the first year we we saw a Dia de Muertos event. But the last time we had it, unless I'm wrong, it was only local to basically, I think it's middle America. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't recall what, what verbiage they used for the, the region, but that was the case. Anyways, we didn't have it. So I was like real sad about it. But <laughs> now this year, it's going to be for everybody with a couple of extra bonuses if you're in the regions that were highlighted last year. Trainers, we're excited to share details on this year's celebration of Dia de Muertos in Pokemon Go. Dia de Muertos is a holiday observed in Mexico and other parts of the Americas that celebrates the lives and the memory of friends and family who have moved on to another world. In an ancient Aztec tradition, it is said that the spirits of our loved ones never go away, but simply travel to a different world. And during a special time of year, they would return to our world. Ever since, people that celebrate Dia de Muertos get ready for this occasion, setting the table with the favorite dishes of their ancestors, covering the streets with petals of the Semposuchil flower, and lighting candles and incense to enjoy a joyful celebration full of colors, music, flowers, and flavors. Also, Coco made me cry, and I've watched it three times, and each time it made me cry. Yeah, Coco (sighs) is one of, like, three movies that has ever really made me cry yeah oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> uh, all right well when is this event happening uh tuesday november 1st at 10 a.m to wednesday november 2nd at 8 p.m local time it is real short it's a tuesday morning to a wednesday evening so if you're interested in this event which <laughs> after reading this i hope you are you're gonna want to jump on it as soon as possible Pokemon debuts Duskull, Dusclops, and Dusk Noir wearing a Sempasuchil crown. And a Sempasuchil is a, is a flower. And I, I forgive me, anybody, if I'm saying it wrong. I looked it up. I did give it a try. <laughs> I even tried to teach Kyle before we started. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure this is right. Anyway, it looks to be like a reddish-orange flower. Um, and those are made into crowns, like flower crowns. And those can be found on Duskull, Dusclops, and Dusk Noir f- for this event. So they're continuing the trend of adding evolutions with the costumes, and I love it. It's so good. Bonuses, lure modules, and incense activated during the event will last for 90 minutes. And this time they've also noted incense excludes daily adventure incense. I expect for us to see that probably more moving forward. Uh-huh. And then, of course, two times catch candy. So it will extend to the two times catch candy we've been having from uh, basically this Halloween event into this event as well. Collection challenge. Complete the Dia de Muertos collection challenge by the end of the event to encounter an Alolan Marowak and receive a Pothin and an incense. Wild encounters include Cubone Chincho. Why do I keep doing that, dude? Chincho. <laughs> Chincho. Chincho, Sunkern, Roselia, Litwick, Swirlix, Costumed, Duskull, Drifloon, and Yamask. Incense and lure encounters will be pretty much the same. Uh, you can encounter Cubone, Sunkern, Sunflora, Roselia, Drifloon, Yamask, Swirlix, Houndoom, and Costumed Duskull. Field research task encounters will give you encounters with Cubone, Roselia, Litwick, Houndoom, and Costumed Duskull. In raids, for the entire, you know, like 36 hours this event is going on, <laughs> one star will only be Duskull with a Sempasuchil crown. I kind of like the approach for such a short event. That's that's good, I think. 
Three-star raids will feature Dragonite, Sableye, and Drudagon. Five-star raids will feature Giratine O, which at this point in time will know Shadow Force. We'll talk about more about Shadow Force a little bit later. And Mega is Mega Bennett. And there's also a couple avatar items. There's holiday festive face paint and shirts. I believe it's, it, is it the, I know there's an actual name for it, but like the candy skull design, I think. Is that right? Sugar skull? But Sugar skull, I, that's what I don't it is. know if there's an actual name. I'm sure there is, but. Yeah, I'm just trying really hard to not good. be incorrect. But I think, yeah, they looked good. <laughs> they looked quite good from the pictures that we saw. So uh, we hope that everybody enjoys that. And then, yeah, there's there's a couple of, oh, here's what it was. I didn't notate it. But the wild encounters and the instance and lure encounters, I believe, have higher chances of, or there's more of them around in the uh, middle America regions. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be more, you'll be more likely to encounter all the spawns we listed if you're in Mexico or other middle America areas, but they will still have a chance to show up for the rest of the world. You just won't be drowning in Duskull if you're in the United States, for example. Yeah. So I think this is really good. This is the sort of thing that Kyle and I were talking about last year, if we're remembering correctly, that it was only for one particular region. And, you know, of course, from our sort of uh, self-centered American perspective, we were like, why don't we get to do that? But it kind of came around to like this really good point of this game has a unique opportunity to help share and educate other people on a global scale about other regions and cultures and holidays and stuff through the shared medium of Pokemon. And I think this is great. I think this does that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a positive. It's a good way to spread the real world event everywhere, especially with the flower crown as well, because the, that particular flower is also important for Dia de Muertos as a holiday. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just it's just good. It's nice to see that it's including everybody. I agree. Uh, but we have other pieces of news that are just as exciting. Or or maybe not. And I do mean exciting, not necessarily strictly in a positive sense, although there is plenty of that. <laughs> All right. So just to close, very excited about Dia de Muertos 2022. Excited to take part in it. And you can bet that collection challenge will be on my goals for that week. Absolutely. Okay. But... Everybody else, move aside. Pokemon Go Halloween 2022, part two details. Part two. Trainers, it's time for part two of the Pokemon Go Halloween 2022 event. And several Pokemon are leading the celebrations, each wearing a spooky festival costume for the first time in Pokemon Go. But remember to keep an eye out. Nobody knows what kinds of things you may run into during Halloween. Or should we change that, Kyle, to nobody knows what kinds of things you may not run into during Halloween that you really should run into during Halloween because you don't run into it at any other time besides during Halloween. Anyway, getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) When is part two? Well, it it, it begins when part one ends. So Thursday, October 27th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. local time debuts you're gonna see vulpix ninetales gengar pumpkaboo and gorgeist all wearing a special festival costume okay kyle go for it i love gengar's costume so much 
Yeah, it's really I'm so good. excited. It's really good. It's got Nidorino party hat energy because the hat fits right over one of its ears. Mm-hmm. In the same vein as the one they did in 2020, I think it was, because they didn't do one last year. This Gengar is an established costume for Gengar. It has a, a plushie or something like that that already exists, which is why they're doing it, of course. But it's it's great. I love it. I, I yeah. love it a lot. That's all. It's really quite good. And and not for nothing. The other ones are actually pretty good, too. Yeah, I really like the Vulpix is really cute. Uh, the Ninetales is great just because we can evolve into it. And the Pumpkaboo is just chef's kiss. Gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Wild encounters throughout this event will be costumed Pikachu, Vulpix, Piplup, and Pumpkaboo, as well as Zubat, Haunter, Spinarak, Murkrow, Mischievous, Sableye, Shuppet, Dusclops, Mask, Golette, and Phantom. I might be like, well, Chris, they didn't mention Pikachu or Piplup costumes for the debut. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get some old ones. So you're going to see some of the old ones returning. And I think the Piplup you can shiny hunt for, probably Pikachu too. So might be a good chance to get those if you missed them in a previous year. In raids, you can see in one-star raids, Sableye, Purloin, Yamask, Galarian Yamask, and Phantom. In three-star raids, costumed Gengar and Driftblim, as well as Umbreon, Drapion, and Phantom. In five-star raids, we're seeing the continuation, or actually I believe it's the beginning, and then we see the continuation in the other event, of Giratino. Yes, that's right. The worm version. No legs allowed. Shadow Force enabled. In Mega, you're going to see Bennett, of course. Same lineup as before. Field Research Task Encounters. Costumed Pikachu, Vulpix, and Piplup, as well as Shuppet, Duskull, Yamask, Galarian, Yamask, and Phantom. Now, I've, I've kind of cut down the details that were on this post because... It did repeat several aspects of the first event, which are continuing through, such as the seven kilometer egg pool with shiny Noibat and increased chances of getting Noibat out of seven kilometer eggs. So good deal. Good, good deal. Now, I'm going to pass this over to Kyle real quick, who's going to address a rather large absence, seemingly large absence in this event. Okay, hang on. Let me let me let me get my let me get my soapbox. Okay, you can use two. They're tiny. Bars. Two. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stack them up. No, it was one for each foot. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's got to be extra high here. Okay, all right. There is no spirit tomb. There. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a lie. There is one spirit tomb in the entire Halloween event, and it's behind the five dollar research, and that's it. I am so upset right now. I don't actually have words to explain it, mostly because I'm very tired. But I just I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. the The timeline goes: 2019, they released Spirit Tomb, gave one quest to get him. 2020, they gave us the same quest again. 2021, they released the shiny, and they gave everybody a very uncommon research that you could do. To grind for the shiny. But it was And now 2022, we have one encounter that's not even free. Which means if you're a new player from the last year or so, even two years if you maybe missed Halloween last year, you can't get Spirit Tomb without buying it. That's just ridiculous. Like it's, it's a legitimate paywall. Yeah, and it's it's worse than the Galarian Mr. Mime paywall because Galarian Mr. Mime is 
technically the same dex number as Mr. Mime and and all that kind of funny stuff like that. It's a but, form. It's yes, yeah, different. But also, Galarian Mr. Mime wasn't available before that, and this was many times now. So I'm I'm upset because I was I was legitimately looking forward to Halloween to be able to have a chance at a shiny Spirit Tomb this year, and that's uh, not looking like it's going to happen now. Yeah, there are uh, very few times in which Kyle and I are on the same page about like, this is disrespectful. This is kind of unacceptable. We can't understand why they thought this was a good idea. And I think this is one of them. And we might be being, we might sound a little dramatic, maybe even melodramatic. But it, it does sort of set a tone that's not so good. Like I would have been okay with, and, and this I still would have been a little upset about because, you know, who doesn't want to? have a chance to farm some encounters, even if it is a rare uh, field research task. It should have been that there was one in the special research for the event. And then the $5 one could have just gotten one at the end. That's fine. The $1 one didn't need a second poll. I get that. That's fine. But there should be a free one available. Because like one of the things that entered my mind when Kyle and I were shooting back and forth about this earlier today was that this is a legitimate paywall, like we said. This isn't even like a, oh, it's in raids because with raids, you get a free raid pass. You get a free daily raid pass. You could go do it. There's an opportunity to go do it for free. And in this case, this year, there is not for Spirit Tomb. And that feels pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's worse than an egg barrier, although egg barrier has RNG to it. You can still get that for free if you try hard enough. Yeah, you can still try. You can't even try for free for the Spirit Tomb. There is nothing to to do for it. Yeah, and but I, I'm more upset than Chris is in that regard because I don't even think that's okay. I think once you'd uncorked the fact that it could be in a research, that that is an expectation. It's okay. It's only available once a year, so it's rare. Got it. But it should be targetable because you release the shiny. You have to release those research. Right. In my opinion. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping that maybe there's a little bit more to this or in a very quick event soon that we might see Spirit Tomb or maybe it was just overlooked, something like that. But it is kind of a it's a tearjerker. That's for sure. We're upset. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> but of course, the rest of the event is really fantastic. I don't want to overshadow the rest of the wonderful things we, we have here. Like the actual like, again, I don't normally get to say this, but the costume Pokemon are awesome. Kyle's excited about a costume Pokemon. Wow, that's even rarer to hear. I'm going to be shiny hunting Noibat and seven kilometer eggs. Oh my the God. raids are fun. The I have all three of the researches going right now. Actually, I think I have one of them finished. And I'm having a good time the first day. So Spirit Tomb's the real big miss. Other than that, way to go, Niantic. <laughs> and our last piece of news is really short. Uh, this is titled Community Note Updates the Pokemon Go Map. And it reads, trainers, it's been three years since our last map update. Since then, both Pokemon Go and the world around us have changed to continue to bring you an experience that connects your exploration of the world around you with what you see in Pokemon Go. You may notice some changes to the in-game map over the next few weeks. The map will more accurately reflect the environment. Different Pokemon will appear in a greater variety of places. These updates are intended to bring the world of Pokemon Go closer to what you see around you we have two subheadings which basically repeats what they just said in the introduction so i didn't didn't take those (laughs) 
but yeah, uh, I don't even remember this. And Kyle and I were trying to trying to remember how it was three years ago. Like, what could we remember that might inform our expectations for this time? But really, it's just like, oh, there's a street that was removed. Oh, they added a subdivision. You'll probably see that stuff in game. And that stuff will probably affect spawns in some way. So just get ready for some changes. They could be good. They could be not good. Although I would assume on average it's going to be good. <laughs> so I mean, it it's going to be good for some people and it's going to be bad for others. Because the last time they did this, they moved where spawn points were. So someone who may have had 10, suddenly those spawn points were moved to a place that maybe made more sense according to the game's logic but didn't benefit the player yeah absolutely so uh, again this is our our tagline for the for the week though we'll have to wait and see <laughs> not sure how what else to say or share about that specifically so yeah but that wraps up the news so kyle please take us out of here let's go to gear up somewhere new this week on Gear Up, we have Shadow Force through the fire and flames. Talking about whether Shadow Force is any good or not. And long story short, I'm going to keep this very short this week. Its main question is, can it beat Shadow Ball? Because Shadow Ball is really good. And in PvE, it does. For origin form. For origin form, obviously, because altered form doesn't even get Shadow Ball. And it's, it's very, very bad in PvP. So we're not even going to talk about that. Origin form gets a significant boost with Shadow Force. Goes from 15.8 DPS to 16.5. And it increases its overall TDO times DPS cubed that nobody actually cares about by <laughs> 20%, which is a lot. That's, that's a lot. With that increase, it's nearly 50% above Gengar. Whoa. So, yeah, Gengar is at like 2,050. With Shadow Force, Giratino will be at 3,100. So, uh, very good. Very good. Of course, Gengar still is much higher because of DPS, and people heavily weight DPS no matter what they're doing. But if you don't want to use a bunch of revives, Giratino. And that's kind of about it. It's worth rating for. If you want more ghost types, that said, starting to have a problem here because ghost types are very competitive in terms of what is good because we just had Litwick Day and Litwick with Shadow Ball is already very good. Gengar, it's been a very common spawn now for Ghastlies, especially because it's Halloween. And lastly, Ghost is super effective against all the same things as Dark type. And we had Dino Community Day and Hydragon with Brutal Swing is very good. Like 75% of the time, if yours, if there's something you'd bring a ghost type to, bringing a Brutal Swing Hydragon will actually be more efficient. Really? Un yeah, it's just that much better. <sighs> Man, now you know what it feels like to be a bug fan. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate it doesn't stop me from using any of them, though, because they're still good. But Brutal Swing is is that much better, unfortunately. Brutal Swing is just really meta, yeah. And and that's it. Don't use it in PvP is, is the takeaway for me. <laughs> okay, great. Short, sweet, love it. 
Yeah, because it was a little bit confusing. I mean, it's it's always so difficult to keep straight how how different the two Giratina forms are. And they serve very different purposes, which you can't really say for all forms, right? Like in the case of the Axis, only one form is actually usable <laughs> for anything, just about, you know, so. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting because of their complete, well, not completely different, but different movesets. Man, I remember when Giratino came out and it didn't have Shadow Ball in its moveset before the official release. And everyone was crying and said they ruined it. And then they patched Shadow Ball and everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's been it's been a darling of the community ever since. We love it. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Kyle. I guess that means that already. We're in Pokalore territory. Yep, there's the county line. And this week in Pokalore, you know, personally, when I was writing the notes today, I was struggling so much so <laughs> that I actually reached out to Kyle and I was like, look, uh, you know, I'm, I know we really should be covering a ghost this week, but like we've covered them all. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure we've covered them all. And now that I think about it, we might have actually covered this as well, but I went to the spawn pool. I was like, what else is in the spawn pool that might be interesting? And I picked Skaroopy, the scorpion Pokemon, and Drapion, the ogre scorpion Pokemon. It's like a regular scorpion, but it's more complex. It has more layers, you know? Like an onion or a it's, cake. It's an onion. Right? I yeah. mean, it does have all these rings. That's right. You can tell how old uh, a an ogre is by cutting it in half and reading the rings. In its trunk. All right. Anyway, let's start with Skaroopy. Skaroopy is a Pokemon which resembles an oversized pale purple scorpion. I've been called that before. Its claws and tail have been swapped, giving it two stingers and a claw tail. The miniature jaws, claws, and tail claws are white. Its arms are attached directly to its head, close to its teal eyes. A pointed marking joins its eyes. The head, arms, two tail segments, and all four legs are light blue while the body, tail end, and other two tail segments are a darker shade of blue. It buries itself in sand and lies in wait for unsuspecting prey, gripping it with its tail claws and injecting poison. It will then hold on until the poison takes effect. Skaroopy is related to Sizzlipede through a common ancestor. Oh, that's news to me. Interesting. How does that work? I don't know. I love these like retroactive additions to these entries. It's fantastic. Skaroopy is found in deserts and dry areas like Reversal Mountain, though it can be found in marshy areas such as the Great Marsh. Skaroopy is considered a highly dangerous Pokemon due to its lethal claws and poison. However, Skaroopy cannot stand cold temperatures, becoming weaker when exposed. Yeah, it is bug type, so yeah, it does have that weakness. Moving on to Drapion. Drapion, the Great Bug type traitor. <laughs> Drapion is a large purple scorpion like Pokemon. Its eyes are a pointed shape with blue colored upper portions. Drapion has two small pointed protrusions between its eyes and one on the back of its head. Drapion also has protrusions on its jaws, two on the upper and three on the lower, with large fang like white colored features extending from its mouth. Its body is composed of many violet to lavender body segments. How. How exotic sounding. That's awesome. Which end with a tail with two stingers. Drapion has four segmented legs with pointed toes. Its most distinguishing feature is its large claws. It can turn its head 180 degrees, which is probably good because its arms are attached to its head. 
be kind of a bummer if it could move them around that well. Drapion is a very aggressive Pokemon, attacking anything that enters its territory. It has a sturdy build and takes pride in its strength, being able to take down foes even without the use of its deadly toxin. It has enough power to easily scrap a car. Easily, Kyle. Drapion has a very hard armor-like skin, which swords bounce right off of. <laughs> Due to its vicious nature and brutish temperament, it's known as the Sand Demon, but is known to avoid fights with Hapowdon. <laughs> it's like undercutting the... <laughs> I like how they're like, yeah, it has its nickname, but don't get it twisted. Hapowdon is still the goat. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yep. Yep. Drapion tends to go on rampages and causes havoc on anything in its way. We have a lot of Pokemon like that, I've noticed. Yeah, the Pokemon world is is frightening. Yeah. For sure. Jeez. All right, so some stats here. Max CP at 40 for Drapion is 2453, and at 50, it's 2773. 172 stamina, 202 defense, and 180 attack. Ooh, not so great. Best move set. All right. It's just about anything. Now, hear me out. Drapion has, like, incredible coverage. Like, incredible coverage. When I looked this up and I looked at top PvP movesets, there were five of them. Five. Five. Yeah. Different combinations of the same moves and stuff like that. Basically, if you can make an argument for it, with I think with the exception of, like, one or two moves on Drapion, that's, that's fine. You can use it. And because of that, it does shine in PvP every once in a while more than likely in a self cup but i believe it's also been good in gbl in some cases although don't quote me on that quote our <laughs> experts with the pvp corner segment instead that said i imagine you'd probably want to use poison sting over its other fast moves at least that's what i've always seen especially since they reworked poison yeah you know what i saw GBL. um i saw more than just that as the starting moves but again it is this idea of coverage so i guess you can make an argument for not using the poison in some cups does have a it does have a surprising amount of uh moves for sure yeah it's got poison dark bug water uh as ice as ice I know, as ice, ice yeah you know, it, it does really well so if you didn't pick up on it before though drapion is dark poison and Scroopy poison, poison dark and Scroopy is poison bug. Uh-huh. So it swaps the bug out for the, the dark. So it kind of has like almost three typings for its move sets that it could pull from. It's it's good in that case. Anyway, I'm but I'm I, done <laughs> gushing about this pseudo bug Pokemon. <laughs> uh so two things. One, I love Scroopy a lot. It's it's one of my favorite bugs. And two, I just have to call to this on the Bulbapedia page because it's too funny. So the whole like fish like or anything like in all the descriptions is because anytime they do that, the Pokemon company hasn't like officially said the Pokemon is based on this. So they they don't want to like step on the toes of anything like that. But at the bottom of Drapion's page under the origins it says Drapion is likely based on a scorpion. Okay. Counterpoint. The category for both Skaroopy and Drapion both have scorpion in them. I, no. That's why I'm pointing this one out in particular because it's like. But the thing is, though, too, is that I don't think I think categories get translated from the original Japanese as well. So maybe 
it's not the same in the original source material. True. Uh, it looks like in in Japanese, it's it's like Dora Dorapion, which is apparently related to dragon and Dracula and scorpion. So it has some relation. Oh, okay. It's like a vampire scorpion. Yeah. Or a dragon scorpion. Yeah, that would make more sense with like the the hard body, like scales and the long yeah. slender. I just... Okay. 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 We learned some more things today. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Okay. Well, anyway, Scroopy and Drapion, good Pokemon. We love them. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scroopy shiny's better than Drapion's. By a by a mile, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kyle, would you like to take us into Pokepole? Last week's question was: What is something you've learned about the real world from being involved in Pokemon? An animal, process, or even something about yourself. Our first response is from Sarah Amanda. They said, Wayfarer. There are like all these points of interest that we've been tapping for items in Pogo for years. And they're real objects, like in real life. That's a great point. How many times <laughs> have you clicked on a, a stop when you're with a group and you're like, oh my God, look at the name of this stop. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. It, it happens a lot. <laughs> a lot. Next one's from Matters, and he said, Hello, gents. I've learned that you don't have to live next door to someone for them to be a truly great friend. Over and post-lockdown, I've had moments when I've been really unwell or been struggling with my general well-being. 100% my close and wonderful family have been there for me, but also my Pogo family, be that the guys and gals from the GoCast podcast Discord or those from my local community. From dropping me a DM if I've not posted for a few days to checking in to send me a beer via PayPal to celebrate New Brew Thursday. Heads up, folks and my missus. Pogo pals are the real deal. Sorry if that was a bit mushy and a tad on the long side, chaps. Cheers. We're, we're all family here. Isn't that right? <laughs> it's about family, Dom. It's about family. <laughs> no, but... It it is it it totally is. You wouldn't I wouldn't be playing po- Pokemon Go if it weren't for the people that I play with. That's for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm hung up right now. I know this is supposed to be a heartwarming moment, but they keep saying NBT in the BYOB channel in our Discord server, and I just found out that it's New Brew Thursday. I thought it was New Beer Thursday, but I suppose that that would be a limit too limiting. My head's. Oh, are I don't know. I my brain I is blown. Never. I don't look at the. I don't look at the BYOB channel. I went. I window shop in every channel. I'm just like, what? What are you guys doing in here? You guys aren't making any plans to overthrow us on the server, are you? Just you know, making making some. <laughs> They'll never look in this channel. Table touching, you know. <laughs> uh, but you know, modders, we love you. We really, really do. And thank you for everything you bring to the community. And I would probably say that this is exactly the same sort of lesson we've all kind of learned and i think the pandemic exacerbated and accelerated that process for a lot of people agreed and it's it's fun because people who who've been involved in online gaming in other capacities have kind of experienced it before but you it's it's impossible to explain to somebody else who hasn't who hasn't experienced that right Right. And then once they do, they're like, oh, yeah, this this is this is the thing. 
and it's like great. the best sort of parallel that I can think of is, and this just like isn't a thing anymore, but like there were scenes in Stranger Things, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm hoping it is that people would just like hang out in a room and listen to the music they both like together and just hang out like that. And this is just like that to a degree. We're all hanging out and playing a game that we all like together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. On to our last one from Starman. They said, I think Pokemon has taught me a lot about the world. Different regions have taught me about different real world places like Hawaii and the UK. I also think it's interesting watching a global franchise and the way that different cultures will react in completely different ways to the same Pokemon. Very true. Yeah, that, that is. Him, him Costume really... Pokemon are really popular in other parts of the world. And I uh, don't understand. I American mean, I understand. It's because about it. it's because the video games for Pokemon only make like 10% of the overall sales. That's that's why costumes are popular everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also like now they're branching out and doing other Pokemon, but it was just Pikachu for the longest time. And yeah, had in Pikachu is really, really popular other places. And yeah, here we just I, like for real another Pikachu. Come on. G- give me a give me a Charizard with a wizard's hat and a big white beard. Let's go. <laughs> Charizard with a hat and cape. Leon's cape. <laughs> oh, do it. I put please. on my wizard hat and wizard hat and Leon's cape. It's right. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, this week's Pokepole. What other holiday would you like to see a Halloween style makeover for in Pokemon Go? And what sort of things would you like to see? We didn't mention it, but uh, the Halloween event did a huge overworld map makeover. It's beautiful. Pokestops are like a light orange. There's pumpkins underneath stops and gyms. And if you own that gym, it has your team logo carved on the pumpkin underneath it. It's really cool. There's leaves everywhere. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it is a solid start to like map themes and stuff. I, I wish the the leaves were maybe a little bit more deliberate in some way. A little bit. Just just yeah. let the roads overrule the leaves and it would look so much better. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's a, a simple but, layering thing. But at the same time, like that's a that's a, a an accurate experience having all these stinking leaves all over our roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it the way it is, it just it looks like you set a scatter brush of leaves and dragged it over the map. But like, I do think it's a good start for sure. The orange stops are great, but it's very jarring when you spin them and they go back to purple. Oh yeah, sure is. Sure is. <laughs> so anyway, this is what we're getting at with this question this week is what other sort of holiday would you like to see where they've, you know, added some fun assets and some colors and what would be some examples of, you know, the a holiday event that you'd like to see? Well, I feel like, I mean, the the obvious answer is is a Christmas theme because people have been asking for that one for a long time. Or, in my opinion, I'd rather see just a better winter theme. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't need to be Christmas. Not everywhere celebrates I, I Christmas. Would, I would like more Chris, uh, more winter neutral. Result, there is so, so many different holidays. There are so many different holidays that happen during this time of year. And I think a good strategic move would just be neutral. <laughs> yeah. But and I'm, I, I'd like to see just more seasonal themes on the map, I think. In general, winter, yeah, yeah. have snow banks that work with the roads and stuff like that. That'd be really interesting. 
Yeah, stuff and they like have a chance that. of spawning like you know snow cast form in them and stuff if you walk over to them or something like, like parks having more of a, an effect on the map so you could tell their parks there because you know spawns are slightly different at parks. Yep, yep. That'd um, be that'd be really interesting. I think that's uh, what I would. Cars stuck in ditches. Um, <laughs> piles of dirty snow as the rest of snow has melted, but it stays in the middle of your target parking lot and looks gross all the way through March for some reason. Yeah, it's going to be there for six months. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, G- give all of the give all of the West Coast uh, a real Midwest East Coast experience. Yeah. If you don't have gloves on your character, you just lose your hands. <laughs> Yeah, just can't th- you can't throw they're just, balls. Yeah, they're just they're frostbitten. Gone. They're replaced by blue blocks. <laughs> you, do your hands turn into ice cubes? That's yeah, exactly, exactly. If you don't have a like, chest item that covers your chest, your character gets ill. Oh my god, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> but cold. you could you could extend the idea to any other season. Just affecting the map specifically is something I would love to see. Uh, a slight orange or brownish tinge to the rest of the map so it's not vibrant green during fall like it doesn't even need to be what it is for halloween i'd be i'd be all for that just just some variety in that regard i'm gonna go the opposite direction okay i want to see pokemon day done up so much in pokemon go that if i open the app i get a headache (laughs) that's what i want i want like pokestops to look like carnival rides i want all the different types of confetti they've had all at once. I don't even want to see my screen. You know what I mean? Like it would be so cool for them to be like, all right, let's make this day as crazy as possible. Obviously it should be playable. I'm kind of joking, but I would love to see them just kind of, you know, swing for the fences on a Pokemon day. That'd be neat. And you're thinking like Pokemon day, Pokemon day, which is like what? February 25th. Something like that. Is it February 25th? It's the 25th. I know because every Every month on the 25th, Pokemon Masters tells me it's Pokemon Day. So, oh, <laughs> it's the 25th somewhere. That's their that's it's, their mentality. It's the 25th p.m. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, well, anyway, those are our answers. So, dear listener, if you would like to give us an answer to this week's Pokepole, which in uh, again, what other holiday would you like to see a Halloween style makeover for in Pokemon Go? And what sort of things would you like to see? You can answer that question when we post it on Twitter. If you're a patron of ours, you can post an answer in the Pokepole channel that we have. You can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com or you can leave us a voicemail with your answer to 262-586-7717. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, one more as well. You can also answer the question if you're listening on the Spotify mobile app. Uh, we've been putting the question in there so you can actually answer it directly through that. And I get to pin the, the good ones so people can see good examples. So leave a good example and I'll pin it. Yeah. <laughs> That's somebody's catchphrase. It's not mine. That was uncomfortable. They can keep it. <laughs> all right. But before we get into emails, all that good stuff, we're actually going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E, who this week in PvP Corner are going to be covering cup updates and, among other things, a PvP perspective for the Halloween event. I'm hoping that it will apply for both parts. I, I believe it will. There's just some overview sorts of things. So, without further ado, over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi-E250. 
And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is super effective against ghost types. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, let's go ahead and start off with the Go Battle League starting tomorrow for us as of this recording on Wednesday evening in the U.S. Uh, Open Great League and the Halloween Cup will start tomorrow. Halloween Cup is a very beloved cup. We look forward to it every year. It is only Poison, Bug, Ghost, Dark, and Fairy types. However, there are a lot of new players to the game this year. We talked about the top 10 last week, Toxapex, Golbat, uh, Nido Queen, Frostlass, Galarian Weezing, Mandibuzz, Azumarill, Wormadam Trash, Shadow Skunk Tank, and Shadow Alolan Marowak. Some of those are the same, and some of them are very, very new and exciting. Um, I'm excited to see what Toxapex can do over there at the number one spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's number one on paper, I think that it's going to find some things that counter it. Uh, but I'm very, very interested. I think it's definitely going to knock Azumarill down a peg or two. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be just a, a massive uh, Azumarill killer. I'm actually super glad that we're getting a new cup in because um, since like in, during Evolution Cup, I was I got within six points of hitting Expert, and then Open Great League came back and I dropped almost four hundred points. So <laughs> I'm very glad for something else to sink my teeth into and i'm really excited to try out in particular the new fairy wind marwile which i think is going to have some great play it's going to be probably one of the very few things that can break like a nitto queen mandibuzz core i always love a good frostlass i think frostlass has a lot of play even against its counters just because i'll say i've said it once i'll set it a million times give frostlass a two powder snow lead and just watch the snow fall it'll be <laughs> it's a good time So I'll definitely be running some kind of a Frostlass team. Next up on October 27th to November the 3rd, we have Open Great League and Halloween Cup Ultra Edition. So this is same typings, Poison, Bug, Ghost, Dark, and Fairy types in the Ultra League format, so 2,500 CP cap. The top 10 species for that are Nidoqueen, which is amazing. Uh, That is Shadow and Regular. Skuntank, Shadow and Regular. Genesect, Chill, Shock, and Burn, Tentacruel, Galarian Weezing, Foratress, Giratina Altered, Nihilego, Shadow Drapion specifically, and Overquill. And you've you've still got that note in here, Tapufini, number 11. It is very good, even though there's a ton of poison running around. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, Nidoqueen being at the top makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm very interested to see how some of the other types Um, how some of the other Pokemon play out. Um, I'm not sure how much XL I'm going to be able to put in for this. I have a Nidoqueen built, but not a ton of other things. So I might have Mm. to find some creative ways to be able to play this one. And after that, we have November 3rd to November 10th, Open Ultra League and the Willpower Cup, which is another super rock, paper, scissors sounding cup. It is fighting psychic and dark type Pokemon in the Great League level Gardevoir is banned so fish that sounds like a nightmare ha 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 <laughs> yeah uh modeled after the nightmare cup that happened in the silver arena in season one um it's uh, look i'll give it a go but it's it's going to be a, a tough one to find a a really you know safe comfortable team 
Uh, I think a couple of the Pokemon that were really good in Psychic Cup would be good in Willpower Cup, just like Galarian Rapidash and Malamar. Uh, as well, Mew Mew was banned in Psychic Cup, but it's perfectly eligible here. And Mew running that Shadow Claw to be able to hit back against the other Psychic types and just with a wide variety of charge moves to choose from Mew, I think will definitely make a splash here. Next up, we have Go Battle Day for Mill Tank. That's going to be on Sunday, November 6th, all day. That's a 24-hour event, uh, local time. And it's going to feature Mill Tank just from that 11 to 2 slot. So only for those three hours, Mill Tank is guaranteed as the reward encounter. Uh, you'll get the first win reward in the basic track will be a Mill Tank. And if you do a premium track, you'll get five mill tanks if you get a 5-0. Um, and there's an increased chance of encountering a shiny, so get you your blue cows. Uh, and then just general things that for the whole day, four times Stardust from win rewards and 20 sets, so for a total of 100 battles. There'll also be timed research that'll get you XP, rare candy, mill tank, and an elite charge TM. Next, we are moving on to our Sylph check-in, and Worlds is coming up. Man, it has seemed like forever. Like, we've been going on this season for months and months, and we are finally getting up to the very grand finale, the World Championship Finals. So we have narrowed the list down to eight competitors. They are Zappa9, Vroom Vroom Pow, Vani, Ryblet, Rise to Occasion, Maxi Million, Jay's fan 55 and Inner Bloom 94. I want to give a particular shout out to Inner Bloom 94, who is an Australian and has been absolutely smashing it so far. He not only has he qualified for the grand final of Silk Worlds, he's also um, like on the first page of the GBL leaderboards right now, and he was just featured in a Thode Technical uh, PvP spotlight video. So <laughs> things have gone pretty well for the Aussie and Inner Bloom right now. Very, very good. I think we'll both have our people to root for. I, of course, have to root for the hometown hero, Rise to Occasion, the Milwaukee, uh, play Pokemon regional champion uh, from Wisconsin, just like I am. So that'll definitely be a fan favorite as well. Just a quick refresh on the format. It's going to be a draft. I think this is the first ever like Silf Arena draft style tournament uh, with these eight competitors. It's in three phases. They took the 18 types, divided into three phases. Each player gets to ban a Pokemon and then pick two. Uh, the only Pokemon banned is Sneasler and any Mega Pokemon are also banned. This is going to be fascinating. Uh, and it's going to be on the Silf Arena Twitch channel. Uh, twitch.tv slash Silf Arena. It's going to be hosted by PVP Steve on Saturday, October 22nd at 4 p.m. UTC, uh, which is a little earlier. That's like early afternoon um, in the U.S. And who's casting it, DeFi? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's been happening so often. Like, hey, who's who's got this opportunity? Well, it's me. It's me. Um, it's me. It's me. It's me. So it is DeFi E250, King IV, Caleb Peng, Speediest Chief 2, No Fun, Pain Done, and Enhoff. That is a star-studded lineup for the Sylph Worlds, and it's going to be extremely hype. I'm very much looking forward to it, especially being able to cast like the first kind of meta, Sylph meta of its kind. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. There's going to be a lot of strategy involved, Yeah, I think, in picking your bands. Um, for example, like I think last week we talked about like Scrafty. Scrafty's in phase one. 
So if you pick it, that takes it out of contention for phase three, which is dark type. Hmm. Like kind of that kind of interplay looking at yeah. your dual type Pokemon. Um, and to try uh, what, what's the chance? <laughs> what do you think the chance is of Scrafty making it through to phase three? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely zero. None. None chance. None chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our play Pokemon section. And we just had the Salt Lake City regionals casted by DeFi-E and others. I think that's what it said on the posters, like <laughs> DeFi-E and others. Um, uh, the champion was Bird Power 13 who regular listeners to this podcast might have heard us mention before because she is a teenager who would normally be in the seniors division who just took on all the adults and uh, came really close last time. This time she actually did take it out and win. She was running Sableye, Lickitung, Metacham, Azumarill, Trevenant, and Galarian Stunfisk, which that's a real meta team. It is, but she played it beautifully. Um, a couple other teams, or at least battlers, I want to point out. It's Axon making top eight, but not winning. I think was surprising to a lot of people since its accent is very good. That was our um, NAIC champion last season. Uh, so seeing the, um, him go down to top eight was a little surprising, but I think we'll see its accent back at future tournaments. Uh, also kind of the story of the weekend or one of the stories of the weekend, the Fitzy family, the Fitzy clan. <laughs> um, so Khaleesi Fitzy is another senior, former senior division trainer. She's about 14 years old. She placed in top four, and her dad, Buckeye Fitzy, was runner-up. So definitely the family that plays together stays together. Uh, so Khaleesi really wants to get her own invite, so they'll be taking her to more tournaments. Uh, but Buckeye, so dad has his uh, world's invite already locked up, which is very exciting. The finals between Bird Power and Buckeye were really good. Did not force a top um, did not force a bracket reset. Um, Bird Power did win in that first um, best of five, mm -hmm. uh, but they were really exciting battles. Um, another battler, a former VG player named Mormon Matt, picked up Go pretty recently and actually made top four uh, with yeah. Wigglytuff, Trevenant, Walrein, Metacham, Swampert, and Registeel. Uh, so that was some really impressive play from a newer battler. A rumor, I have not interviewed Mormon Matt, but I heard that he's a local university student and like study statistics if that's okay. true um that if that's true that would make a lot of sense because if you can pick up if you know the video game series and you can pick up the math of pokemon go that makes a lot of sense to me why he would do really well upcoming we have lily france on october 22nd to 23rd we have warsaw poland happening on november 12th and 13th sao paulo brazil is happening on november 25th to 27th and on the weekend of december 2nd to 4th we have toronto canada and stuttgart germany so lots of really exciting events also it's good to see a lot of the events coming up that aren't in north america uh that we have the um sao paulo that's laic the latin american international championships in the end of november and then we have several that are happening in europe as well uh, so that's really good to see Next up, we have our deep dive on the Halloween event parts one and two from a PvP perspective. So there are a whole bunch of really tasty looking 
spawns and raids and and uh, Pokemon coming up in research, and we wanted to cover the ones you should focus on for your PvP squad. So, in the spawns section, we've kind of divided it into like an A, B, and C. So the absolute top ones that you want to focus on is Sableye, Yamask, and Phantump. Yamask evolving into Cofagrigus, Phantump evolving into Trevenant, both extremely good for PvP. After you've taken care of that, then you can look at like a Zubat for a for a nice Golbat or even Crobat for Ultra League. Ghastly, which will become a Haunter or a Gengar. And Drifloon is great as a Drifblim, which can also be a nice Ultra League Pokemon or some great League Limited metas. Kind of a C-tier Pokemon that you want to look for is a Spinarak because Ariados is like sneaky good. And Dusclops, we saw... Uh, that make a large showing in Evolution Cup. It's it's pretty good in limited formats as well. Taking a look at raids, these are going to be Pokemon that you're getting XL candy for potentially, um, or if you want raid IVs, 10, 10, 10 or higher. Uh, these Pokemon are in your A tier. You have Phantom, both versions of Yamas, Galarian, and Unovan. Uh, Sableye, Umbreon, and Drapion, all Pokemon that are really good to get XL candy for for sure. Um, in B tier, you can get some extra Gengar candy, uh, Gengar potentially for maybe for Master League IVs, and then Drifblim. A hundo Drifblim uh, is definitely still viable in maybe like an Ultra League Premier Classic kind of situation, like a hundo Drifblim, I would think. In research, again, it's that Phantom and Yamask. The Galarian Yamask evolves into Runagrigus, which is a ground ghost type Pokemon, which has pretty interesting typing and could be very, very good in limited metas. Also, he has play in open Great League. And then after that, Duskull is kind of a, a B tier Pokemon. You really want to focus on the Phantom and the Yamask, but then Duskull is a, a nice second place. Uh, 7k eggs, not a whole lot going on there with just Phantom and Yamask. Again, you're getting candy um, and egg IVs, which are the same as raid IVs, 10, 10, 10 or higher. Uh, I think the most interesting thing to part to note is that was all from part one. The main differences for part two are that Golette and Driftblim disappear and are replaced with some of the costume Pokemon, like the Piplup with the Halloween hat or the Pikachu. Uh, we'll also get Gorgeist, uh, which Gorgeist is definitely a really good Pokemon. You can shiny hunt it. You can also get the costume and evolve it. Vulpix is definitely worth chasing, uh, both for Great League um, and also candy for Ultra League to have an Ultra League Alolan Ninetales. Please note, though, that the Piplup and the Pikachu will not be able to evolve. Uh, you can only evolve the Gorgeist or the Vulpix. And I'll throw in there that uh, Pumpkaboo slash Gorgeist. Gorgeist is a reasonable replacement for Trevenant. I mean, Trevenant absolutely outclasses it. But for those of us who play Silphorina... Gorgeist is worth a look because uh, Go Battle League hasn't really gone full tilt into banning specific species yet, but I think that day might come. For now, it's really Silphorina that will release a meta and go, these 28 Pokemon are all banned. Uh, so in those cases where Trevenant is banned, Gorgeist is quite a fine replacement. 
And with that, that's kind of our Halloween event. I'm very jealous that for fish it has already started, but uh, it will start for me tomorrow. And I'm really looking forward to it. Halloween is definitely the best event of the year by far. And this one is really, really exciting uh, for a lot of reasons. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what some of the tasks are going to be, especially for part two, because we don't have those yet. Uh, And I think it'll be really, really cool. All right, let's go on to our shameless plugs. DeFi, what do you have to plug? So I mentioned earlier Sylph Worlds. So that's going to be hosted by PVP Steve. I'm going to be on kind of in the middle part of the stream, but the stream starts at 4 p.m. UTC. Uh, So I'll be on kind of in the middle afternoon uh, U.S. time on Saturday. And then early in the morning on Saturday, I'm part of an event called Battlers Against Harassment that is being put on by Kaiser, um, Jack Kaiser, Kaiser Tenor, along with Momita and Concentration Queen. Uh, They are organizing a 12-hour charity tournament uh, to support Glitch Charity, which is a a UK-based charity that's all about... um, teaching about digital citizenship and trying to combat online harassment through a variety of different ways, through education, for lobbying for certain laws, uh, things like that. So we're raising money for that charity. It's going to be on the three different streams, Momita, Kaisers, and Concentration Queen. And there's lots of guests. Enhoff is guesting, Pokegains, Mama Climbs, Wagon, Mish. Um, lots of people are going to be guesting on it uh, throughout this 12-hour kind of raid train stream. So very much looking forward to that. That's going on the same day as the Sylph Arena, but you can definitely go support both. I mean, what do I say after that? That's, <laughs> that's a, a lot of really cool, important stuff that's going on. All I've got is, uh, I guess, the, uh, the the YouTube channel is still going. Check out the GBL Meta in 5 Minutes video that uh, we are releasing every week or the complete breakdown that I have with Lyle Jeffs III, GBL leaderboard player. Uh, they're both up there to help you to build your teams and work out uh, how to navigate the upcoming GBL Meta. And to close out, We love hearing your feedback. If you have questions that you want us to answer or suggestions for content for myself or DeFi, you can direct them to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and more ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Fish and DeFi for yet another wonderful PvP Corner segment. You two are the best. Mr. Kyle. Yes. It's a little foggy in here. I think it has to do with maybe uh, the time of year or something like that. Oh, I think I saw some in the corner of my room. Oh, no. No, sorry. That was just, that's an old shirt. Wait, hold on. I got confused and, and distracted. What are we doing here? It's time for emails. Oh, thank goodness. And no voicemails this week. Our first email this week is from Dan. And they said, hello, Chris and Kyle. I hope you guys had a great little community day as I did. We sure did. I caught a hundo about 45 minutes in, which is always great as I feel it really allows me to relax and enjoy the rest of the community day. That's true. We were walking with our, uh, you know, mystery co-host from episode two, Alex DeFranco. And he called out a hundo like about maybe a quarter block from where it was half a block, something like that. And we like stopped him. I'm like, did you hatch it? He goes, I don't think so. Man. And I was like, 
Alex, what's the CP? What's the CP? What's the CP? <laughs> and so Kyle and I spin around and we start walking back and we're like clicking all sorts of stuff. We both found it. And I, I kid you not, I was so excited. I hugged Kyle. I hugged yeah, Kyle. I said, we got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's it's like only the second ever hundo I've gotten from a community day. <laughs> it was It was sick. It was really sick. Anyway, more to the email. Another fantastic thing for me is that with that catch, I unlocked my perfect decks. I should be thrilled, right? No. Fear and anxiety quickly set in as my newly acquired perfect decks showed an Oshawott, <sighs> Starly, and Duskull, which I do not own in my living decks. I find this very hard to believe as I religiously appraise every single Pokemon before transferring, no matter the CP. Another confusing thing I quickly noticed was that my dex was missing an Eevee, Clefairy, Gligar, and Elicid Electabuzz, but showed their final form of Umbreon, Clefable, Gliscor, and Electivire. I know for a fact that those were all evolved into their final form from their basic stages. Does any of this make sense to either of you? Is there known issues with the perfect dex, or is this an issue that I'm unlucky enough to inherit? I still can't believe that I would have transferred three perfect Pokemon without my knowledge. I was expecting maybe one from Kanto, and the early stages of me playing the game back in 2016-2017, but no way did I expect to see what I saw. I will finish this by apologizing for the long email and saying that you guys make the drive to work through New Jersey traffic bearable. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Dan. Well, Dan, I think you've stumbled across something that we don't really know a whole lot about, but Kyle, what, what do you think? I mean, I've heard of problems, and I'm just going to throw in my own because I'm gonna, I looked it up while you were reading the email. My perfect dex only has a Gengar. I don't have a Ghastly or a Haunter. And all three of my Hundo Gengars were caught as Ghastlies. So not really sure what that one is about either. I think I do. Hmm. Those Dexes were not introduced until later, and you probably had already mm -hmm. evolved it. It backlogged. The game has been keeping track for a long time. Oh, if well, you transfer something in the early time of the game, this Dex remembered it when it came out. Really? That's wild. You, oh my gosh. If you Wait, go so, check your so Hundo. It'll keep, it'll keep track of all the Hundos that I've ever had that I missed. Or that yes, I missed, it should. That I messed up? It, it should. Not saying it does. But... If you go check your hundos, I guarantee you it is higher than what is currently in your inventory. I have 137 in my perfect decks. That's pretty good. And in my inventory, I have 123, but there are a few repeats. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of confusing. I'm not actually sure how, I mean, how it works. For, for me, it, it very clearly then is if that's not the case, like you said, if it backlogged all the way then it would be whatever state that was in per family line when the decks came mm -hmm. out. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a counter example now though, to that I have Garchomp in here, but not Gibble. We caught that Gibble together. Yeah, that doesn't, and that wasn't sense. even that long ago. It was a year ago. The perfect decks was out after that. So, uh, congratulations, Dan, you have, uh, successfully stumped us as well. I'm going to have to, do a little bit of digging to see if I can find anyone else with better answers than us. I don't have a Gibble. All I have is Garchomp. Mm -hmm. I, I do. Gabite. I do have the whole Litwick line and the whole Dino line. So I got the whole Sphere line. Huh? Wild. 
absolutely wild. I never look at this because it, it only serves it's to the, make me upset. <laughs> right, exactly. I also don't. <laughs> well, I don't know, Dan. I guess we'll have to take a, you know, a look at this and maybe could maybe get back to you with uh, some details. But wow, interesting. Interesting stuff. Thanks for bringing it up. And thank you for writing it. Appreciate it. Our next email is a short one from Tammy. Hey, guys, new listener to the podcast. It's fab. No, you're fab, Tammy. Thank you. Just a quick question. You were talking about free Pokemon coins. How do you get these? I get the daily free box and that's it. Yeah. Um, I think we just recently talked about how we have to catch ourselves because sometimes we just assume people know all the stuff that we do. The free Poke coins aren't like in the shop or anything. If you put a Pokemon in a gym as a defender uh, over a period of time to a maximum of 50 coins, when it returns to you, it will bring you that amount of coins. A maximum mm-hmm. of 50 coins per day. And it so, takes eight hours straight it does. It to does. get 50. So if it gets returned to you before eight hours, like at four hours, it'll be 25 coins. Yep. And you can get it from multiple gyms at once. Yes. Up, up to, to a maximum. 50. Yep. Again, of 50. Yep. And it doesn't like bank. So, you know, if you have eight Pokemon return each with two hours, you won't have 50 from one day and then you won't get 50 the next. It'll just... So whenever they return. Yep. So good luck. Hopefully that'll help you out, Tammy, a little bit. You know, add a little bit of passive coin gang. That'll be nice. Uh, All right. And thanks so much for writing in. All right. Next email is from Abe. And they said, hey, Chris and Kyle. First, I I have to say, we we have to start getting upset again about everybody leading with Chris. I was never upset with that. Well, no, we have to. It's 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 a requirement. You can be upset everyone, about it. Everyone can be uh, uh, fighting over who can do it better. Kyle and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm writing this as I listen to two eleven, so I don't forget stuff as I go. Sorry for the long email. Ooh, an early one. Oh boy. I was thinking about Shinotic and Parasect, and here are my thoughts on their rivalry. Shinotic seems like it takes the route of a lot of the fungus we see where it has the mycelium deliver nutrients to plants in a symbiotic relationship. The mycelium acts as extensions of the roots that can move around underground in contrast to roots that just grow in a direction. Parasect, like its name suggests, seems more like a parasitic fungus and only benefits itself once it attaches itself to a host. Maybe it feeds off the host, releasing spores along the way, or maybe the host takes it to a desirable location where it leaves its spores. Either way, the host doesn't get anything out of that relationship. I see the contrast of the relationships as being the crux of their rivalry. One is symbiotic with organisms, and the other is parasitic. Interesting bit of trivia concerning that fairy typing. I bet it comes from fairy rings, a type of fungus that leaves large rings of mushrooms on the ground when it fruits and typically kills grass around the perimeter of that circle. I can confirm that that was actually on the on the Bulbapedia page that that was one of the references for inspiration. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I I mean, Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense spelled out here. I hadn't thought of it. No, it absolutely does. So so good. Good digging. Good investigating. That's awesome. I think ancient and modern cultures have added a bit of mysticism to these fungal formations, hence why they're called fairy rings. I mean, if I didn't know anything and I came across just a perfect circle of mushrooms, I'd probably be turning and walking the other way. I don't, yeah, I don't need to be like no ritual sacrifice. A, it's like coming across a crop circle. You're like, 
what in tarnation? You know, except you'd, you'd be like an old, old timey in, in a forest. Yeah. Yep. I know it's an old Pokepole at this point, but if I had to give another Pokemon evolution, I'd give Parasect a fungus free evolution or variant. Maybe a strong grass type or something. How have we not already seen this anyways? Do all Paras and Parasect become infected with this parasite? Ah, see, now you've stumbled onto the extremely problematic world of Pokemon. Yeah. Does all Kangaskhan get born with a baby in its pouch? Yes. Does all Cubone get born with the skull of its mother? Yes, yes. But actually, we can be more definitive uh, about Parasect. And that Parasect's definition is that it, you know, uh, loses basically its consciousness to the parasitic mushroom is no longer symbiotic. It is a parasite. So a, a further evolution where it's fungal free would just be a husk. But so here's the question. Right. Before we keep reading. Is Paris or is it the animal or is it the fungus? It's the species in its current like status. But it's it's who's in control. The fungus is in control. So therefore, Parasect is the fungus and not the animal, not the, the body. No, Parasect is the name for the for for that form of that. That's what that is. But <laughs> this, this kind is of whole... like how Nunu. Oh, I'm going to make another league reference. I'm like how Nunu is Willem and Nunu. <laughs> no, but see, see, they answered that because the actual champion's full name is Nunu and Willem. They so. did, but a long time ago, we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but my, I think my statement still stands in that it's like it's like the theory about Kamalo being the log instead of the the <laughs> koala. That's my favorite. I want an evolution just to prove that right so bad. It's not, but I want it. I think the more interesting question that you were getting to was a fungus-free Paris. What is that and does it exist? Yeah. And what other Pokemon do you think? I mean, like, Dwebble comes to mind. looks similar enough. Yeah. I mean, my my first thought is, first, it regional form because it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's got to live somewhere where it doesn't make sense for much. You should have seen one in, in um, Galar. We should have seen, like, a fairy poison version in the forest. That would have been so cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, can, I don't know about another evolution for Paris, but Paris is prime for regional variant. For oh sure. my gosh, yeah, no, no, pa- Paris, Paris, and Parasect scream remix to me, and like because it's not hindered by the fungus, it like evolves into this giant bug because it just of it stands or something up straight. Like that. It's the man. It's a man form, but it has Paris's face. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. There's there's plenty more email to go. I'm sorry for the tangent. The other would be a fairy ring evolution for Shinotic. I can see two abilities on this. One that emits a bright flash between turns to decrease the accuracy of opponents, and the other to make it the target of the opponent since it would be a glowing target. The latter would be more of a team battle function. Yo, like, permanent taunt would be so broken in competitive Pokemon. He's so cool. Oh, that'd be cool though. It's it turns it from one giant mushroom to like a a, a big ring sort of uh, failing style. I I could get behind that. Comfy is kind of like this if it just laid down. I'd like to pretend Comfy doesn't exist. I know that's all right. Here's my thoughts on the elite raid system. Since I realize I need to wrap this up, 
first things first, I'm glad I finally got a Hoopa Unbound. I'm glad I got to see some of my friends at the park where we did these raids. After that, I don't think it was executed very well. I agree with most other criticism of it, like the eggs blocking raids for 24 hours, not being able to remote raid it, but a discount experience, and the rare spawns not being super cut and dry, great for everyone. My experience is I missed two out of three of the 11 a.m. raids because my group didn't wait. Normally not a problem, but it seems like all the players went in at hatch, and I know some people tend to get laser focused and ignore chats once they're in lobby. I don't blame them. The game doesn't do a great job of letting you check other things during it. Nope. I couldn't find anyone else to do those first two with me. At least not enough people. We had four, but only two of us had decent counters, and that's not enough for a T6. No, especially not this one. I wish I would have had access to Campfire to try and find more people still waiting to do that first one. I can't for the life of me figure out why they have not rolled out this map slash social media platform after months of closed testing and slow rollout. You got us there too. This is so true. The, of all the things to say, Campfire should have been out before Elite Rates were tested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not even a question. For that reason. And I'm sure the plan was to do it, and then it wasn't ready, and they're like, let's just do the Elite Rates anyways. I mean, I'm still on the camp that elite raids should not exist. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we can, we didn't talk about this at all because it happened after we recorded. We only talked about the idea, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. There's more email. Yeah. Let's, let's finish up the email and then let's absolutely circle back to elite raids because we did not talk about it at all. My other criticism is I wish I knew what the effective range was on the spawns around the gym and that the timer from your first completed raid would not allow spawns from subsequent completed raids until it ran out. Since that's the case, have the spawns follow us like a special incense and not stay at the gym. Raid culture is to go from raid to raid and not stay put at a raid and catch mostly mediocre Pokemon. I struggled internally with having to leave my first 2 p.m. completed raid because my group wanted to do the second raid. So it's a bummer to have that clash. I'm a veteran player, so I don't need that Kanto legendary birds. But I think of myself as wanting to test something out to see how it works. Instead of staying, I was railroaded into the raid train only to find out I wouldn't get a new spawn timer after the second raid was done. Kind of a bummer. I didn't know about that one. That is, that is unfortunate. I didn't either. If I had to change the system, I'd make the spawns follow players and add time to their timer as they completed raids. And the spawns would have long spawn times in contrast to the one to three minute lives of most incense spawns. I'd make it remote raid accessible with decreased damage from remote raiders, since I feel like I have to make some concessions in order to get remote raiders in. Yeah. I'd not put it on every EX available gym over the course of a day. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, one. was that what happened? Is that what they it did? put in every EX gym? Oh, I'm I didn't sure. realize it was that. I just thought that it was just too many. It is too many, but wow. Yeah, well, they. Uh, and like right before EX gyms, EX raids got canceled, they turned a ton of gyms EX. Yeah, they did. So, and then they never did anything, obviously. For 30 minutes and to enjoy the spawns adequately, two at most is enough. We had five EX gyms at that park. I'd open access to campfire to everyone or hire that out to someone else to finish it up nicely so it can open up to everyone. If I couldn't make the spawns follow the players, I'd make an easily visible circle around the raid where you could expect the spawns to be inside of and extend the visible range at which spawns appear for players near that gym. That way you don't miss a Moltres that is just outside of sight and not appearing on the nearby because the nearby system for gyms is not functional. 
This went from a National Geographic documentary to Gordon Ramsay's kitchen, keeping a PG for a family-friendly rating. So <laughs> dissect, dissect it and chop it up as you need to convey the message you may think is there. Sorry for the long-winded David Attenborough, Simon Cowell-style email. Shiny vibes all, Abe. It's all here, Abe. All here. It is. So, elite rates. I think something very simple to say first is neither Chris and I did them. <laughs> no. No, we didn't. And um, not only did we not do them, we could have. And we made a conscious decision not to go do them. And it yeah. isn't in a form of protest or anything like that. It's just because why bother? Yeah, it didn't. Especially having seen everything online, it didn't seem like it was even worth the effort. No, and and, and I, I think <laughs> this is going to be kind of unfair, but I'm still a little jaded from the Clefairy commotion. When I don't have a lot of details about something, I don't know what to expect. My my base form is not. Oh, I bet it'll be good anyway. Anymore, it's not that. Yeah, and I had a feeling, <laughs> knowing what we already knew about elite rates, because we had some good details. That that wasn't appealing to us. We knew exactly what to expect from that. And the gaps that we did have didn't leave a lot of room for positives, you know? So yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I don't know. There's not a whole lot else to say for me, at least, except they're not interesting to me. And I don't know what they could do to make it interesting to me, except offer a Pokemon I can't get another way, except in there. Exactly. And that's a. And that's a bad system. Doing that is a bad system. I, I agree. But if the question is how to get everybody to do it, that's the answer. Yeah, that's the answer. Um, yeah. If you made it worth a ton of experience, I'd do it. Like if it was twenty five or 50000 for a raid, but there weren't like a million of them in the area, I'd go and do it. Probably. I mean, they're only available for 30 minutes. Even if you wafu them, you can only do so many. Yeah. Anyway, so... so like like reward reward these players that have uprooted their entire day to do these raids in the middle of the day the middle yeah. of the day like i think make it worthwhile <laughs> i think one of the major things is the spawn bonus is not a bonus remove it you're only hurting yourself you're not helping anybody mm -hmm. the idea is great but the game doesn't support it like the way that the game currently works doesn't support 30 minutes of enhanced spawns for a player. Yeah. And I got to tell you though, on that in particular on social media, I saw most people be saying, I didn't see anything. Exactly. That's why, because there. the game doesn't spawn that many things in 30 minutes. You got to move. Right. But if you move, you get out of range. Yeah. Especially if you're raiding, just like Abe said, like, mm -hmm. and also culture is anti this. <laughs> and also for anybody who went to, Seattle Go Fest in particular. I don't know how other Go Fests went. A lot of people online were complaining they saw like a Galarian Mr. Mime on their nearby shadow because they hadn't caught one yet. But going to that stop where the shadow was brings you outside of the range of influence of enhanced spawns. Oh, yeah. And therefore, when you get there, Galarian Mr. Mime's not there. Or, or no, it is, it is there, but it's a different Pokemon. The spawn point is yeah. accurate, but it's a different Pokemon. Yeah. Well, but it's... It's not there because you don't have the enhanced spawns anymore because you're out of range. Right. I'm just saying it's important to 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 bring everyone yeah. with us that like, yeah, the idea is that the, the current spawn points, they're not new spawn points. If they were additional spawn points, that would probably be a good idea, but it's not. It takes the, it takes the existing spawn points in the affected area 
and adds a new pool to it. Mm-hmm. It and it's it's player specific, as you see with that. Um, right. right. And if you played at GoFest, this was actually a huge problem when you were playing there because if you got to a border of the two biomes, you could see a spawn for your current biome across the border in another biome. But if you clicked on it, it would poof into smoke because it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't exist. The game couldn't handle the two different spawns, which is where I come from when I say the game is just not built to handle this kind of bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, rest in peace. Anybody that was chasing cowboy hat Snorlax. And oh my God. Do all sorts <laughs> of other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, on the idea of it being an incense, Niantic really, really wants you to stay there. They don't want you to move. They want you to stay by that raid and they want you to socialize. They do. And that might seem counterintuitive, but it is uh, yeah. the goal in this case. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we, might not, we don't like it. Most people probably don't like that, but that, that is what they want. So it's, hey. we can be upset and also see that too. I'll tell you what, Kyle, if yeah. they want people to go out and do these raids, and if they want people to go out, stay in the same place while doing these raids, socialize let us remote raid <laughs> i will i'll go get a folding chair we've done this before for yeah. eight hours go to the local park kyle drives an hour to come down and hang out and then we just sit there in a circle with folding chairs or around our cars and we catch like seven eight uh, raid gyms because yeah. that's how many they're on the park like i, I like, don't get let, it <laughs> let players play the game <laughs> Yeah. simple way but yeah. like tell people when stuff's gonna happen everyone can play the game how they want to for that duration and everyone's happy that you know even with remote raids this would have been really rough for having you know less than 36 hours notice for most people yes but like even just being able to remote into raids that you can visibly see not even invite people just you can remote there right would have made it so much better, especially because of the raid density issue. I 100% agree. I think that's I think that's the right solution, or at least gets it close enough to parity that it's acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, <sighs> right at the tail end of the show, because we didn't talk about it, and we're in a, a minor ranting. Mode. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that too. <laughs> The boxes are awful, but <laughs> so bad. Oh, they're so <laughs> and bad. So the best part about these boxes is they have the exact same name as the boxes from last year. They do. They couldn't have picked a different name. So people didn't force the one to one comparison, which would have been smart. But so, yeah, if you look at the one to one comparison, it's like. Of slap in the face. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll pull it up. We'll just compare two boxes really quick because this is what really, really got me. And this was from uh, Trip Tando posted this at 107 a.m. our time. So thank you very much for getting this <laughs> in our server right away. But the 2021 pumpkin pack was 1480 Poke coins. It had 18 super incubators, oh four incense, four star pieces, and two regular incubators for 1480. Okay. Pumpkin pack in 2022, it's only 1,200 coins, okay? So it's 280 cheaper. Bear that in mind. Four super incubators, one incense, 
six regular incubators and one lure module. Okay. Now, while you're still mad about that, hold on. <laughs> Let's look at the boo bundle really quick. Boo bundle for 1480 poke coins, 16 premium battle passes, eight super incubators, four incense and four star pieces for 1480 poke coins. God. Oh my now, God. is there a lot of values in the, value in these boxes, even for what we were used to before? Absolutely. These were phenomenal boxes, but all the same. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, boo bundle this year, 2022. For 2,000 polka coins, it's more expensive <laughs> by 520 polka coins. You get, I'm going to do this in order, I think, of best to worst. Okay. Eight super incubators. Three remote raid passes. Eight regular incubators. 20 ultra balls. For uh, 2,000 polka coins, you put 100 Ultra Balls in there. You put at least 50. Yeah. 20? Right. Like, come on. Man. Oh, man. I'm dying. Think, dying. So, we, we can be upset about the pricing and all that for hours, but we won't linger, especially because we're at the end of the show. One thing that really sticks with me is the boxes don't have a purpose anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they don't you, serve anybody. If you if you raided, you bought an ultra box. Uh or like a battle box or whatever they had named that one. And mm -hmm. if you hatched eggs, you bought an adventure box. They just they existed. They had their purpose. Both of these boxes currently, the boo and the pumpkin, serve the exact same purpose. You know, with the one the difference in value, obviously. But Yeah, but but here's also the same thing is that the boo bundle has that problem we were talking about before about the remote raid passes and mm -hmm. it has three it has three so if you're looking for a bundle to buy incubators at a good price there isn't one unless you want to bury yourself in super incubators trying to get four a pop uh in the pumpkin pack don't do that it's 800 yeah. coins for four you don't need the rest of the junk that's in there <laughs> yeah that's that's the biggest one that stands out to me is like even if i Bugs wanted me. to hatch eggs right now none of these boxes are focused on egg hatching because yeah. they're like all diversified. I feel like there's an element of this that is old man yelling at a cloud. But at the same time, like I, I do feel that these are just. And I, we say the word disrespectful, you know, before, like we don't we don't use it lightly. But honestly and quite seriously, this is really unacceptable. I'm kind of upset about it. So which ones have you bought? I, I bought one of the well, I haven't bought any of the new ones. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I bought any of the new ones. I bought a, a box to get some supers before they went out of the rotation. And I'm happy that I did because this yeah, the last box was good. better. And that's saying not a lot. The last box was not good and it was better than this. So yeah, I, it's frustrating, yeah. disappointing to a degree. I, I was really hoping and holding out that they were going to go more of the holidays is where it really shines. And the rest of the year, it kind of stinks. I would have been okay with that. When we get to Christmas, yeah, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Christmas is going to really be telling. No, I mean I can tell you right now there will not be a box that you can stock up on mm -hmm. of any value that doesn't have remote rate passes in it. Oh they yeah, will probably. not let you buy a box for like buy two hundred dollars worth of boxes come Christmas, right. even if you want to. Here, here's what I think is going to be in the the top box. Okay. The, the the Christmas Kringle pack or whatever you want to call it. It's going to be 5,000 Poke coins. 
it's going to have <laughs> it's going to have one super incubator it's going to have two regular raspberries it's going to have 10 remote raid passes <laughs> and it's going to have 27 ultra balls <laughs> that's some good value right there that's some good value right there my favorite part of that is the 10 remote raid passes so you'd really have to work at it if you wanted to buy more than one <laughs> oh geez okay well anyway thank you so so much for writing in abe we appreciate you and uh thank you for letting us house a lot of our tangents within your email that brings us to the end of the show. So if you'd like to send us an email, just like these fine folks did, again, you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by calling our voicemail line, 262-586-7717. And we do play voicemails on the show. Granted, of course, they are family friendly. Uh, and if you're like, you know, overseas and don't want to call the number, even though I believe, you know, it's a Google number, I'm not sure if it counts the same way. But just to be safe, please feel free to email us a link to an audio file or just an attached audio file and I'll treat it the same way. No worries. Visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast. That's gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, spiritually, our only social media account, at GoCastPodcast. If you go on the Facebook page, if I get one more like on the Facebook page, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, delete it right now have you been getting some pity likes lately no no but every, oh, okay. while, like every six months i go on there i'm like really <laughs> there's nothing going on here yeah i i really just need to you know it's gonna be here i'm gonna set a goal for the end of the year by the end of the year i'm gonna delete that facebook page <laughs> okay hold me to it everybody let's do it and if you want to help support the show monetarily, even you can via Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash go cast podcast. And speaking of patrons, a shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons for their uh, generous and appreciated support. Thank you to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi Sports, Susan, Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Moders, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, and Steven. Thank you so much to all of you for helping us keep the digital lights on. And if you'd like to help support the show and monetary means are not in the cards for you, or you've already done so and you'd like to double up support because who wouldn't, you can of course leave us a review wherever you are able to leave reviews. And we got one new review <laughs> since last week. Again, I will try my best to uh, properly pronounce this name. Pop up. The title of the review is tree and the body of the review reads your podcasts are cool with the tree emoji. This feels like a kindred spirit to me, quite honestly. So thank you very much. Pop, I'm going to call you pop. Thanks so much, pop. Appreciate you or, or Popo. I don't want to, you know, not Mr. Popo, obviously, because I think Mr. Popo can, can spell um, or wait a minute. What if Mr. Popo's full name is this? <laughs> Just go Mr. Popo sure. Quick. Someone consult Dragon Ball Z that with you. Yeah, somebody. Come on. Anyway, uh, I think that brings us to the end of the show here, Kyle. We just got to set some goals and then we're out of here. Yep. Okay. What about you? Are you still planning? I can go ahead. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. All righty. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm keeping it real simple this week. I'm going to complete all the Halloween research that I got going on. And I want to get a shiny Giratina. Giratina. Nice. I really am rating it for the XL candy, but the shiny is an easier goal than saying, hey, how about 
a hundred XL candy or something. Yeah, plus also Silly. you could get lucky and get that shiny guillotine on like the first like two or three raids. And then if you just get distracted, you've still got your goal done. <laughs> yep, exactly. I've already done like two or three. So here's open. Awesome. Okay, so those two? Yeah, that's it for me this week. Okay, great. Similarly, I would like to finish all Halloween research, special and timed. I also would like 1 million experience, and I do plan on hatching as many 7-kilometer eggs as I can in order to get a shiny Noi bat. So even though I said I wasn't going to, I'm putting another shiny on the list. Because what's life without a little risk? <laughs> okay, that's the absolute end of the show. Thank you so, so much, dear listener, for listening all the way through. According to our um, numbers, there's only about 37% of you that listen all the way through to the end, which is actually quite surprising thank you thank you uh we'll see you next week for episode 213 have fun with the halloween event shiny vibes all that good stuff until then bye bye bye, bye.